Um, um, we pick up today on Daf Lametet. Uh, but we start, we are at the bottom of Lamed Chalamet Bet, and we are in the middle of the question about which things apply in Eretz Yisrael and in Chutz Laaretz. Um, and we're actually we're at the top of Lamed Chalamet Aleph, but maybe we'll pick up again from the bottom of Lamed Chalamet Bet to give us, um, to, to, to uh, begin this issue again. Uh, we have the Mishnah in um, Orla that teaches that, um, that Chodesh is Asumina Torah everywhere, the position of Rabbi Eliezer. We've discussed that okay. issue and how we... Well, right, and how we um, and how we pass it in a lot of very relevant questions for Chavash and Chutzaret. But then it said Orla is halacha and Kilaim is Jive Sofim Rabbanan. So what does halacha mean? So one opinion said that halacha meant Ravi Ramashmuel Hilchasa Medina, which might just mean like adopted practice or at most a Jirabanan. The other approach is halacha Moshe Misinai, so which would give it mean weightier than a Jirabanan. So now the argument is going to be to show that it is weightier that Orla is weightier than Kilaim. So it's weightier than a Durabon, and Kilayim is Divei Sofrim. And it's going to be shown by two halachot, by how the issue of Suffolk plays out in the case of Orla, and the issue of Suffolk plays out in the case of Kilayim. So let's take a look. So we'll pick up again from, we'll re- redo this from like eight lines from the bottom on Lamed Chanam Etzbet. Um... I'm going to Lula Rev Yehuda. Lula says Rev Yehuda. Be shame Line starting with the word Lididi. That's about, I think, maybe uh, eight lines from the bottom. Be shame Lididi. Damina halach lemoj misinai. If I say Orlas halach lemoj misinai, I'm the shanilam ben safik olol safik lime. I can explain the way the Mishnah distinguishes between the between a doubtful Orla and doubtful Kilayim. That we're more lenient by doubtful Kilayim than by doubtful Orla, because Orla is halach lemoj misinai and Kilayim is drabanan. Vietnam, what do we teach in the Mishnah? Safik Orla. You have a doubt whether something is Orla. Ba'aret in the land of Israel, Asr, because there it's Doraisa. Bisuria, in the lands near Israel that David conquered. Um, Mutar, it's permissible there, it's Drabanan. But the Chutzaret, an even more distant Chutzaret, is even more lenient. What's the greater lenience by Orla? Yorid Vilokeach, you can go down into the orchard and purchase from the seller there, um, even though you know that there are Orla trees there. Ubilvad shall you locate. As long as you don't see him directly picking from the actual Orla itself. So you could know there are Orla trees and actually it might only it might even be that you could even know that um, that uh, uh, that the whole I mean this would be a, a, an extreme read the whole fruit is Orla but if you didn't see a pick well I don't know maybe he got from a different orchard and he's just selling it here. So you know so that seems already a very very extreme version of of, of like of, of you know the tiniest little suffix suffices Okay, as long as it's not blatant in your eyes and you saw him do it. So and how much you don't even have to ask. Right, and you don't have to ask. Now how much more lenient could you be? So let's keep on reading. The Ilugabi Kilayim Tanam, but when it comes to Kilayim we teach in the same Mishnah, Karamanatu Yerek, um the Yerek and Nimkar Chutzalah, if you have a vineyard that has vegetables planted nearby, so the vegetables would be Kilayim, and there's a little vegetable stand right near selling the same vegetables, selling like broccoli or whatever it's selling, selling cucumbers. Okay. Ba'aret Asur and Eti Shah is forbidden, Basuyim Mutsu and Suryat's permissible, that's itself enough of a stuff. Like, all right, selling cucumbers near a vineyard with, which has cucumbers planted nearby. But who knows where the cucumbers came from? You know? Uh, but, but in Chutzlaret, it's even more lenient. What's, how lenient is it? locate. You can actually see him picking the cucumbers from the vineyard that they're grown in. So it's not even really a suffix. You just don't pick yourself. So actually, it's not even a suffix. The halacha of 
of of kilayim in chutzlart is as long as you're not the one that picks it, you can actually buy it. So or it doesn't even have to be a suffix. Or grows it. Right. And Rashi says that, that if you look at the Rashi at the top of La Metetamad Aleph, Rashi says just the second line, we'll take it from the middle of Rashi, to lo asru b'chutzel aret, el etazorea, o etalokeh piyadayim. The only person, the only one who's forbidden to eat arla is if you were the one who planted the arla, or, I mean, kilayim, excuse me, if you're the one who planted the kilayim, or the one who picks it. So it's not even really a suffix, it's a vaday, but as long you didn't do it yourself. Okay, so anyway, extreme kulas by Arla and Kilayim, but Arla is even, but, but Kilayim is even more lenient. You can even see it being picked. So he says, I can understand. One's a Halakha Lemoshimisinai, one's a Durabanan. But according to you, they should be at the same level. He says, Elulididach, that you say that they're both Durabanan, Nisni, top of Lamatadamadalif, teach, Ozevizeh, Yorid Velokeach, to have the same Halakha. Even both of those you can buy as long as you don't see it being picked in your presence. Oh, there is a yard to locate. Or, in both of those, you can see it being picked in your presence as long as you're not the one to pick it. But why, in one case, can, are you allowed to see it being picked and in the other case, not? If they're one and if they're both at the same level, so the Gemara says, So you know what? You're right, because Shmuel, who is the one who teaches in the name of, who was the one who taught that it was Hilchas Medina, who taught that it was Drabanan, who that um, Arla was Drabanan, he told to Ravanan, Tani He actually told him to pass him the same way for both of those. Okay, he had to switch the gears of the Mishnah to have the Mishnah either read in both of those. It's okay if somebody picks it as long as it does, it's not picked in your just don't have it picked in your presence or another version is teach for both of those you can even have it picked in your presence as long as you don't pick it okay so the answer to the question is according to you Shmuel they're both Rabbanan why are there different halachas and the answer is you're right they're not different halachas we'll switch the Mishnah to have it say that it's the same halacha for both okay but according to the other approach no and they're both extremely lenient but Orla is the, but Kilaim is even more lenient Orla you can you, you can't see it being picked and Kilaim, you can even see it being picked. Yes, oh, Michael. So, is Eretz Yisrael, would we say this Asur for non Jew to be Zoriakilayim or just for Jews? I mean, whether non Jew is over on a Shevamith of Spanay Noah, or does the Kilayim become Asur for us? Well, both. I mean, like, not Shevamith of Spanay I don't know if it's not one of them, but, like, you know, for instance, you know, a question about, like, Shemitah and all that, like, oh, it's owned by non Jews. So, non Jews have no Shaykhut to uh, Kilayim. Well, we're going to see later. They are also in like Karkavah Ilan and so on. But a normal Kilayim, it's not also for them to do wherever they're doing it. Where, um, in terms of it becoming also for Jews, the answer is that it would. Um, if it's, but that, um, so if they do plant it, I mean, yes. So that, but, but we'll if get... If they do, then how come it says that you can see him picking it? And then... Because, that, because that's a chutzlar halacha. And chutzlar we're just extremely lean. And, and but you're asking about an Eretz Yisrael. And, okay, so, and, and if a Jewish person did it in chutzlar, then I couldn't eat it. If he get uh, no, it has nothing to do with who, if the person was being over or not. And it just has to do with the way in which they made the food usher. If you planted, you go ahead and you, know, some, and you, and you don't care about this halacha or whether you don't know any better, and you go ahead and you plant kilayim, mm-hmm. okay, then you're usher to eat it. But then um, I can go ahead, I mean, okay, we could talk about Messiah de Oveavera, but let's bracket that for a moment. If I went ahead and I bought it from you, or even if I saw you pick it off the tree and I bought it from you, as long as I'm not the one who planted it, I could go ahead and eat it. All right? Now, it doesn't have to do with 
Jew versus non-Jew it's here. Because like a shmita, for instance, like the fruit itself. Yeah, I understand, but particularly here in Chutzah, it's were very lenient. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. So that Marbred Ravina Matan Lalukula there was a yard locate. Marbred Ravina said that it was lenient and said in both cases you can actually see the person pick. As long as you don't pick directly, which presumably means he was also following Shmuel's approach, that understanding them to be at the same level and understanding Orla to also be Durabanan. And if they're both Durabanan, you might as well make them both equally as lenient. And you, as long as you don't pick it directly, you're okay. Okay? Amori Levi Lishmuel, Sevi said to Shmuel, remember Shmuel's the one who taught that they were both Durabanan at the same level. Like a tall one. Suffically, the Ana Echo. I don't know. How does it pronounce Aryoch? Aryoch. I mean, how does it pronounce it? How, how does it pronounce it? How does it translate it? Aryoch was a long root. I think he's calling. I think Shmuel has to translate it. He doesn't translate it. No, I don't want you to read that. I want you to read it yourself and then summarize it. Maybe he thinks it might be like. King, like a king or a lion. Oh, lion. That's right. Uh, we have Ariok That's true. Oh, that's true. All right. Interesting. Interesting. I was assuming he came from Aroch. Okay. Anyway, suffix Lee, You make it a suffix for me and I'll eat it. Okay? So what that means is, Rashi says, just pick not in my presence. Okay? But pick not in my presence, make it a suffix for me means that we're going to remember that sounds like a big leniency, but it really is the stricter of the two options right? The stricter of the two options is you can't see it being picked. The more lenient one is you can see it being picked as long as you don't pick it yourself. So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says So this is actually adopting the, at least by the, the, you know, not changing the Mishnah and at least by the Mishnah by Arla keeping it that you're not allowed to see it being picked. You go ahead and you pick for me, okay? I won't, I won't go ahead and eat it. So, you know, Michael, you asked me before, is there an Isra of Kilai? Every, if you plant a, a, an orchard, I know, I'm saying, if you plant an orchard, you're always going to be dealing with Arla. So here's a way of dealing with Arla in Chutzlarts, right? I didn't do anything wrong. I just planted my apple orchard. It's now, everything is in the third year. You want to buy it from me. We're both two from Jews. I'll just pick and sell it to you, and you just won't be around when I do the picking. So okay? He, he, he tells them to do that. Everybody. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Okay, anyway. Rav Avya, Rav they basically sort of like you know how the story about these Amorai would exchange um, you know Manot. so they would basically say like I'll tell you what I'll go I'm going to go pick and sell it to you and then you go pick and you sell it to me or whatever I don't know if they're, well, if they're they, each of them had an orchard or they were whatever anyway they helped each other out so okay to do it so you can do a lot of tricks okay Amri Harifi to Pumbedisa so the sharp ones of Pumbedisa Rashi tells you that that's Eifa Navimi the sons of Rechava Anyway, those they were called the sharp ones of Pumpadisa. Ain't Orla Bechutzaritz. Well, we're sort of heading there. Okay, there's no Orla Bechutzaritz. As opposed to just like, well, as long as you don't see it being picked, they made a much more blanket statement. Ah, come on, it doesn't apply. Okay, so... You know, when you start being so lenient, you're going to lead to somebody saying something like that. So anyway... So Shalcha Rav Yudah will come to Rav Yochanan. Rav Yudah sent to Rav Yochanan. Hey, you know these uh, these uh, Amorayim here in Pupadisa, You know the the sharp ones of Bumnis. They're saying the Orla doesn't apply at all in Chutzaret. So and he's in Rabbi, and he's in Eretz Yisrael. Shalach Lei. So Rav Yochanan sent back to him. You might you could might reasonably expect that somebody in Eretz Yisrael is going to be more protective of the Isurim of Orla and so on. So he sent back to him. Shalom. So Shalach Lei. Sitom Sveka sort of silenced the Suffolk, right? 
Rashi says, like, you know, that now the people are being so lenient about this and saying that it doesn't apply at all, you should stop telling people that you can be lenient in the case of Suffolk. Like, it became a slippery slope. So now that people are basically saying it doesn't apply at all, you need to stop, stop, silence the situations of Suffolk. Stop teaching people about that Suffolk you can be lenient around. The Aved Vada'a, get rid of everything that's a Vada'i or a destroy it. Okay? and announce over their fruit that they maybe did this trick you know but either they did, didn't care at all or maybe they did this trick of like you pick for me and I'll pick for you type of a thing so he was sort of taking these like you know countermeasures um, of what he saw as an over lenience and basically you know get rid of all their fruit you know say that it has to be buried um, and anybody says Erla does not apply in Chutzart he should not have a, a great I know, I know, but he's not, he should not have a child or whatever, or a grandchild or a descendant. Casting his lot with the congregation of God. So pretty extreme, both in terms of the rhetoric and in terms of the, you know, response. Okay, anyway, but there, this is the, this is the slippery slope, and Rabbi Yochanan was responding back. So he might say, Inu Svira, you know, Savruha. Who do they hold like? Because rather than read it, that they just got carried away with all of these suffix tricks, right? If they're really saying, Einor Lebuchutzas, presumably there is an opinion out there that, they, that might say that, that it doesn't apply at all. So who is that opinion? So, Kihad de Tanya, like that which we taught. So it's a long tradition going back to Rabbi Lezer. It does not apply at all. By the way, if people not remember, Rambam is of the position that anything that's a halach l'moshem misinai is never debated. Whereas here, A, we have debated whether it's a halach l'moshem misinai, this idea of Arlan Chotzar, and B, we have people saying that it's not even true, right? That there isn't Arlan Chotzar. As opposed to it exists as a halach l'moshe misina. Anyway, okay. The Gemara says, "Velo, v'anat sanan Rabbi Eliezer." We taught Rabbi Eliezer, which presumably is the same Rabbi Eliezer Gadol Omer. Alpha Chodesh. Even Chadash, he's adding to those that said that Orlin Kilaimer and Chutzlaret, and he's saying even Chadash. And here Rabbi Eliezer is saying, Ain Orla Bechutzlaret. Pretty big contradiction. At least this tradition of Rabbi Eliezer, you could say it's trait to Naim Ali, but Rabbi Eliezer. But let's see what the Gemara says. Tani Chadash. Take out the word af. Have the Mishnah read, Orlin Kilaim apply in Chutzlaret, and Rabbi Eliezer says, No, Orlin Kilaim don't apply, only Chadash applies in Chutzlaret. Okay? So, anyway, but here we are, at least we have a tradition in the name of Rabbi Eliezer that there's no Orlin Chutzlaret. Um, I'm Rabbi Yachim, Rabbi Yochanan. That's disputed, apparently. Right. Well, yeah, clearly it's disputed. It's our Mishnah, it's our Stam Mishnah, it's the Mishnah in Arla, right? And here again we have a teaching of Rabbi Yochanan. I'm Rabbi Yachim, Rabbi Yochanan. Arla Bechutzlaret, Salach Lemoshim Sinai. Again, so here we have a reiteration of the Allah HaMoshim Yisinai position again coming from Rabbi Yochanan adopting a more machmir position on this I'm only Rabbi Zeyr Levasi Rabbi Zeyr said to Ravasi Hatanya how could you say this is, I mean we said yesterday in opinion that it was Allah HaMoshim Yisinai but anyway here's a question that we didn't ask until now about that position Hatanya it should be Vatsna the Mishnah teaches so how could you have all these leniencies right that it should be we should be lenient in a suffix you can even have somebody or should be Yorid Velokeach. Oh no, you should be Yorid Velokeach by Orla, right? That's Orla is Yorid Velokeach. Anyway, we have all these leniencies that somebody, as long as you don't see it being picked in front of you, you're okay. If it's a Lach Lemoshim 
Sinai, how could we be so lenient, right? We should be strict, at least, and certainly, this, you know, in that case of Yorid Velokeach, Yishtomin Keshachada, he was like dumbfounded for a moment, like he didn't have a response, right? He, you know, he was Amalei, and then he said, Ema, he said to him, you know what, maybe this is how the Halach Lemosh Sinai was said. Sveika, or let us say that Kachnema, that this is the way the Halach Lemosh Sinai was taught. Sveika Mutter Vada Aser, that the Halach Lemosh Sinai incorporates the idea that it's Mutter in a case of Suffolk and it's Aser in a case of Vadai. So this leniency, well, okay, I don't know, Surya would be whatever. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, Surya could be an added stringency. Well, there's no way that Surya could be a Halach on the Right. Well, it could be in the case of Kivish Yaki, but what presumably the Allah Moshe Messina is all chutzlart if Surya is any more stringent that was an added Rabbanan but anyway the Allah Moshe Messina incorporates this idea of how to handle a case of Safek now I want to say two things about this first of all the very fact again getting to this idea of Allah Moshe Messina here we see it's debated is it Allah Moshe Messina is it a Allah at all and here also notice he said Ema Kach I can say that this was what the Allah Moshe Messina was so it's not like he actually actually had the tradition that that's what the Lachon Moshe Messina was. He was like reconstructing. Well, since it's taught in this case of a suffix, and I know it's the Lachon Moshe Messina, it must be that the Lachon Moshe Messina incorporated this idea of suffix, right? So it's like a reconstructing of the Lachon Moshe Messina as opposed to like a clearly remembered, unbroken tradition about it. So that's just number one. Number two is, it does raise interesting questions. Oh, some, you know, decided, uh, decided, uh, <laughs> oh, I see. They are cleaning for Pesach today. Whoa, fancy. A whole green thing here. Oh, right. oh it's good. Really? <laughs> anyway, thank you. I don't know. I buy the Starbucks coffee and it's never as good as getting it from the store. So I don't know. I have to figure that out. I have to find out their secret sauce. Okay, anyway, um, thank you. Um, um, so the issue about Allah Hamash Misina. Ah, the other question is here's a big question, right? What we say Suffolk. Now, in general, Rambam says, or at least in general, he's understood. Whatever Rambam says, that the principle that Suffolk deraisa luchumra is a derabanan din. <laughs> that as far as the Torah is concerned, Suffolk deraisa is lakula. Now. That's funny because this Gemara doesn't sound this way. This Gemara sounds like he was saying, if it's a, if it's a halach lemoshe misinai, how can we be lenient in the case of a suffix? And this is the no. The halach lemoshe misinai incorporates the idea that we can be lenient in the case of suffix, which sounds like the normal presumption would be that anything that harkens back to Moshe, and certainly something that's a doraisa, the default presumption would be would be suffix would be a chum, you would be machmir, and you need a special teaching, a special you know caveat in this case that you can be lenient in a case of Safek. So it raises an interesting question according to the general position of Rambam. But what you could always say is that maybe what bothers them is not just Tam Safek Lekula like the Halach of Surya. What bothers them is how extreme of a Safek it is. Right? How preposterous of a Safek it is. You got the whole vineyard and as long as you didn't see him picking directly maybe that's what bothers them. That's a crazy that's not even really a Safek. That's like you know that's a crazy crazy Kula. What? They're manipulating, They're manipulating the Safek and how much of a doubt is there 
there anyway. So it could be that that's really what's bothering them. The basic idea of Safek Lakula maybe would not have bothered them. And actually, if memory serves, I think there's a, a, a discussion in the Ran somewhere. It might be the Ran. It might be a Rabbeinu Yonah. Anyway, about this question about assuming Safek Daraisa Lachumra is the Daraisa Din, is Safek Halachal Moshe Misinai Lachumra or Lakula? A, a real Safek, not a manipulated, crazy Safek like this. So that's like an interesting question, right? Is the far, part of the, w- the weight of like Halachal Moshe Misinai, even if you believe, even if you sort of, you know, take it as a, you know, tradition that goes all the way back to Moshe, but it's not like a directly, explicitly type of a commanded thing as a mitzvah and so on so does it have that same weight of suffix l'chumra well here you say here you say it's l'kula based on what his answer what based on his answer here you say it's l'kula well no this one is l'kula if anything this should make you assume that the stifat would be l'chumra but the reason that this gemara is not is not evidence one way or the other is because this what might be bothering this gemara is not the stam idea that suffix is l'kula but the manipulated you know fictional suffix is l'kula that's the real problem here yeah what's the mechanism by which something declared Allah um, well, according to Rambam, there's no mechanism. It's just that these are the traditions that go back, and Rambam claims because look, for which we cannot find a pasuk in the Torah. Well, right. So that's what makes it halachah moshe misinai and not a deraisa. Is that it's an oral tradition? Well, how does that happen? It happens by a, a passed down tradition. Look, Rambam says that um, that what do you call it? That um, for Rambam it was very important because he was dealing. I'm only going to spend one minute on this because we got to get back. But he was dealing with the whole Karite challenge about how can you guys say that we're supposed to believe your Torah Shabbat and your traditions if you argue about everything okay so therefore it clearly shows that your traditions are faulty so um, and if you can't if you don't have I can't remember you know don't have any consensus around any type of a thing then clearly you, you know then, then, then clearly the whole tradition is in Suffolk so the Rambam's answer to it was that basically the reason of all those debates is because very little was actually directly handed down basically we just got the Psukim we got the Torah and we got um, some hermeneutic principles, you know, an understanding of how, we're, how we can interpret it. And, and from there, we just applied our human intellect, and that led to all the debates. So the debate doesn't signal a break in the Mesorah, because actually there would never was a Mesorah about the actual bottom line halachot. The fundamental 99% of Torah Shabbat is our interpretation of it, our being empowered to interpret it. But he says, but the one area where there was actually a Mesorah, is Allah Moshe Misenai. They're actually, the actual law has been passed down, and there it was necessary for him to say, oh, and there there was never a machlokas. The problem is that there was a machlokas, as we've seen right now. Okay, but according to Rambam, anyway, he would say, you know, that's just a small number of traditions that go all the way back. Um, now, it, I do want to say that this is somewhat questioned, because, you know, there are places where the Gemara uses the phrase Allah Moshe Misenai, like a mission Yadayim, rhetorically, with clearly talking about a Durabana, and actually it's also about like Meiser Ani on Shemitah in the lands outside of Israel Ammon and Moab anyway and it's used it says Halach Lomosh Misenai which just means like it's used rhetorically it just means like it's, an, it's a long tradition but clearly it cannot be Halach Lomosh Misenai and the Rush says that explicitly so there's some discussion among scholars you know whatever which is when do we assume Halach Lomosh Misenai means it literal or when do we assume that it's meant rhetorically sometimes in the Gemara for example when the Gemara says Hilchasa Rashi uh, not Hilchasa after a debate but like a, you know halacha or hilchasa about a particular law Rashi says that that means halacha Moshe Misenai but the Nitziv discusses in his introduction 
into the Sheiltos, I think that's where he discusses it, that he points out, he shows that certain Rishonim, I think Rambam as well, anyway, don't read it like Halacha Moshe Misinai and understand that that Hilchus in those cases means like it's an ancient tradition, but that we forgot the re- it's a, like an ancient Durabanan that we forgot the reason for, but we're not, uh, but we're not claiming that it goes all the way back to Moshe. Okay, but that's when it just says Hilchus when it says Halacha Moshe Misinai, it's generally understood to mean literal, but there are some who say that no, sometimes it's, re- it's rhetorical. There's Christine Hayes has a nice article on it. Yes. Yeah, so the phrase does not predate Rambam? What do you mean? Is in the Gemara all the time. Yeah, Rambam just says. Rambam just says that that, that, that a he he lists like the total number of things that are halachah in the Gemara, like thirty some odd things, and he says that they were never debated. Yeah. I thought the Rambam in the beginning of the Torah talks about the pristine historical time before things were forgotten when there was no machlokis. And machlokis is a corruption rather than a positive... But it's not a corruption of a tradition. There was no machlokis because if everybody was at the same intellectual level and the, and the same... Um, and they were all um, always in the same body so and they could decide every debate, then there would always be consensus because every d- debate would be decided and everybody at the same level arrived at the same conclusion. Um, it's not a corruption of a tradition. Corruption it's the fact... It's the fact, right? It's the fact that we're human beings, and that we don't, and we, we're not all sitting together and coming to a single decision, and we have different levels of intellect and different types of things, and therefore we come up with different ways of reading the same verse. But it's not, a, it's not a corruption of the tradition. It's, 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 it's a, it's a lack of living in an ideal world. But it's not a corruption of the tradition. Are you suggesting we're not living in an ideal world? Correct. Okay. <laughs> all right. Moving on. Um, so the Gemara says like this. Anyway, you see right here, it says Allah Hamosh Misinai. Okay. This was what the halacha was. Um, the suffix is permissible, the vada is forbidden, and presumably even a manipulated fictional suffix. Another teaching in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Again, remember, Rabbi Yochanan here is the stronger position on all of this. You get lashes for kilayim, presumably in Eretz Yisrael, um, from, you know, as a Torah matter. So no, it's a, he understood that he means you don't have to say that you get lashes in Eretz Yisrael. He understood that you mean you get lashes, you know, out of Eretz Yisrael. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first Rabbi Yochanan says that Arla is halach lemoshe misinai. Then he says that kilayim, which until now everybody has said is divrei sofrim, he is saying you get lashes on. He said, how could you say that? It's not difficult. The difference is kilayim of seeds, or plant, or actual like a type of a grafting onto a tree. Why? Because a grafting on a tree, although it is land-based, is we're going to see more similar to a type of a cross-breeding of animals. It's like actually taking the physical things, not just putting things together and then letting them grow. Okay? It's actually taking and, you know, I mean, it's although it's true, the physical animals also you're letting the, uh, them grow but there's more of a direct physical manipulation of like uh, you know of the thing itself so, so uh, Harkava is worse Harkava is worse and Harkava you get lashes even in Chutzar no it's not considered Tali Ba'aret Kiddush Shmuel like 
Shmuel teaches. The Amar, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not talking about the Isser Achila. We're talking correct. Kiddush Shmuel, like Shmuel teaches. The Amar Shmuel, as Chukosai Tishmoru, you should observe my edicts. Chukim Shechakakti Lechakvar. It doesn't say Tishmoru at Chukotai. But Chukotai Tishmoru. So the Chukot are ancient. Okay? And what's the next Pasuk? Behem Techolot Tabiyakilayim Sadcholot Yizrakilayim. Now we learn using another Gemara that fact that they're seen as ancient to say that they're part of the Sheva Mitzvah Spinei Noach. They pre-existed. They existed before this Pasuk was, was stated. They went all the way back to Bnei Noach. Even Bnei Noach are Usser. It is according to this opinion. Okay? And I think that's how the Rambam Paskins. Okay? That even Bnei Noach are Usser in Harkavat Ilan and in crossbreeding Behema. You obviously other if I can quickly pull up how Rambam Paskins about this. Um, what? It's, uh, it's the plus. <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, hold on, let me see if I can pick it up. I think it's a weird thing that it's usher to do, but to do what you can eat. I, I, I think it's really weird. Um, there's a lot of things like that. It's delicious. I can make a brachang in the evening. That we would be eating very little fruit if that were not the case. Why do you say that? Most fruit is from grafting. Okay. Anyway, I'm, I'm not going to find it right away. But anyway, all right, moving on. Let's go on. Yeah. Let's go on. Okay, anyway, so, um, so it says, anyway, the first thing we learn from this is at least according to this position, might be we know Pasch in this way, but according to this position, B'nai Noach are usher on crossbreeding animals and on uh, grafting trees. And now we say the following. So first of all, to understand what are we talking about when we're saying that these are ancient and go all the way back. We're not talking about just planting seeds, although it says lotizra, seeds. But we're talking about something similar like manipulating a big physical object, okay, and bringing them together. Um, so that would be a grafting of a tree. And another thing we learn from this, once we've established we're talking about grafting, is that the same way the animal crossbreeding applies outside of Israel, even the field, okay, even, you know, even the case, uh, even, even the case of, uh, what do you call it, of grafting applies outside of Eretz Yisrael, and you would actually biblically be prohibited and get lashes, okay, at least according to Rabbi Yochanan. But it says Sadcha, and apparently the question here, you could say the question is, is that Sadcha doesn't sound like we're talking about an orchard, but the question, Rashi says that Sadcha is possessive, your field, which suggests the idea in your land, in the land of Israel, and not that it would apply outside of Israel. So he says, He says there are two things going on in the Pasuk. There's sort of like the Pshat level, Sadcha lo tizra kilayim, which is seeds. So kilayim of seeds, like a, a planting seeds, that is only in Eretz Yisrael. That's sadcha and not sadeh chutz Okay? However, there's another level of the Pasuk, the drash level, which is reading this similar to, to the crossbreeding of animals, and then we'd be talking about grafting trees, and that applies in chutz So the drash level grafting trees applies in chutz and you even get lashes according to this. The pshat level of seeds that's the Tizra and that's the Sadcha and that's only in Eretz Yisrael yes so I understand so no one's going to say that it means then if I'm like your hired worker I can do it because it's not my Sadeh if I'm your hired correct no, no, no. We're reading Sadcha only in terms of, what do you call it? Only in terms of, to, to exclude the Chutzlar. Okay. You can't employ me to do it, and I can't do it. Correct. Okay. okay. By the way, if you just want to see how Rambam Paskins about this, 
So Rambam Paskins like Rabbi Yochanan, okay? Although I do not care if he Paskins that it applies to Bnei Noach, but he does Paskin that it applies in Chutzarets and you get Mal- Malchus. Now the Gemara says like this. The Rashi is very beautiful. Chutzarets will keep you the Chamin Hashemayim. Right. Yep. Okay, Rav Chanan and Rav Anan have a Shakli Ba'azi Ba'orcha. Rav Chanan and Rav Anan were walking on the road. Chazayu lahu gavet the Chazar Zerayim Ba'hadi Adadi. He saw a person, this was in Chutzarets, planting seeds together. Amalei, so, uh, I don't know who said to whom, but anyway, Ravanan presumably said to Ravchanan, let's go put him in Cherem, because he's uh, being over on this halacha, he's planting kilayim in Chuzaret. So, Amrlay, because until now, right, we were talking about buying the kilayim and the, and, you know, and the, and the, like, you know, closing your eyes and creating a suffix. But you're not allowed to do it, that's what, so, uh, we should go put him in Cherem. Amrlay, lo chavirsu, yeah, it's not clear to you exactly what the halacha is. You, you know, the fact that you're saying that shows you don't really understand the halacha. Okay, that was a curious response. The two, we're not done. They saw a plant, plant, man planting wheat and barley in a vineyard. She said, "Go, let's go put him in cherem. You know, the master, the master should put him in cherem." It's not clear to you what the halacha is. So, could you please explain this riddle? So then the master says, "Don't we hold like Reb Yoshaya? What does Reb Yoshaya say?" The Amar says a person does not transgress planting kilayim unless they plant wheat, barley, and a grape seed all at the same time. So even planting wheat and barley in an existing vineyard would not be the prohibition of planting kilayim according to him. So, well, okay, so that's a question. Like, are we just lenient in chutzarit? How does this chutzarit aspect apply to it? But he's saying at least, well, at least in the chutzarit context, don't go and have a don't go and have a fit here. Okay, we basically him that unless you do this all three at the same time, it's not an Ishikilayim, so, so leave the guy alone. It's mutter. Now, how do we actually paskin about this? So the other question also is, is about one minute. If you just did the, that's Kilai Kakerem, but how about Kilai Zerayim? Right, there's also, there's two Isurim. One is Kilayim in the vineyard, where the actual produce is Aser Behana, and the other is Kilayim not in the vineyard, where the produce is not Aser Behana, and we'll even actually ask whether the produce is like Aser um, at all. So, um, so the question is, but it's certainly usher to do. But the question here is, well, why isn't this at least usher the wheat and the barley as he's throwing it in the vineyard? Maybe it's not kilai hakerem, but let it, let it at least be kilai zrayim, right? Let it, because it's you know two seeds together. So Tosos goes through this whole discussion, and Tosos says the following: He says two things, kilai zrayim and kilai hakerem. Like what are the because the Torah says sadcha lo and it says um, uh, what's the pasuk lo tizra karmachat kilayim pentikdash hamleya. So by the kila, by the by the kilai term it says pentiktash hamleya that the produce is forbidden. It doesn't seem to say it by the uh, you know by the uh, by by the kilai by, by the by the uh, by, by the kilai's rain. So there's two issues here. So I think it's a good point to stop and to clarify that. So first, let's take a look at what Tosu says. He says. 
Um, if you take a look at Tosos, Lokaimalan, so first go about six lines in where it says, Adkan Loshon at the beginning of the line, he says, Okay, so two, so you know, obviously all three is only Kilai HaKarem. So now the question is, why not put him in Kherim? Because he puts the Kita the Sa'ora in the vineyard. So if you skip later in Tosos, Tosos says like this. He says, um, one minute. Fi'in Tomar. Okay. Uh, one minute. No, no. That, okay. Well, first of all, this is an interesting read of the pasuk. So go about ten lines before the fifteen lines before the end of the uh, of the lines get wine and tosof. Line starts with the word kilai zrayim. He says the im tomar amaylo by Rabbi Yoshai be kilai zrayim elishneini mukai can by shloshaminim. What's the logic? So listen, listen to this nice read of the pasuk. The yeshlomer demas malei dekra hachikamar karmacha lotizra kilayim kolomer the even few kilayim kodem shiavo bekerem. So it says before you actually come into the Karen, you have to create the Kilayim. In your hand, you have to have Kilayim, which is Chit and Saora, together with Karmacha, together with the grapevine. Avon Gabi Sadcha v'Kilay Zerayim, k'gon Chit and Saora, k'rim Kilayim v'Chayit Shazor and B'Karka. T'haguf Kari Karka Kari Sadeh. So he basically says, if it says Sadcha lo Tizra Kilayim, he says, something is a Sadeh without being, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to get this, something is somehow is a Sadeh, it's just a field. So if there's Zerayi Kilayim, you put the two seeds in the field. Whereas Karmacholot is Rekilayim, it's not a kerem, it's not a vineyard unless you're dealing already with the grapes. It's a sada by itself. But it's only a vineyard if you're dealing with the grapes. So you have to have your Kilayim and you have to have your Karmacholot. So you have your two other grains plus your, plus your, plus your wine. Plus your, your grape seed. Now, Venera, Dalak Reb Yoshaya. So we rule like Reb Yoshaya. Now, how about the Chutzart issue? He says like this. He says, Umutter, look at the first at the first wide line of Tosos. Umutter lizor atachas akerem, as long because as long as you can actually plant, plant kilayim with your vineyard, as long as you didn't plant them all together at the same time. So gamutter lizor kilayim zrayim bechutzlar. It's can mean hacha. Rav Yosef mar biziyani vizara. Rav Milsa said, okay, we're actually we're not up to yet that. Okay. So anyway, so Tosos says. So first of all, yes, there is separate things about kilay kilay stam kilay zrayim and kilay hakerem. Um, but and um, but anyway, but uh, this is the position of Rabbi Yoshaya, and he says that we pass them like Rabbi Yoshaya. I do have to say that it's not clear to me that if you're planting wheat and barley and you're throwing it in a vineyard, why? I get why it's not kilai karem, but isn't that just stam kilai zrayim? That it's not so clear to me. Let it at least it's be. Not a sadeh it's not a sadeh. Maybe the fact that it's a karem takes it out of sadcha lotizra kilayim. That's interesting. Anyway, he said, don't go ahead and put it in cherem. We have a very very limited definition of what the act of Easter Kilayim is and well that's not clear maybe even not in Chutzaretz but certainly in Chutzaretz okay so now let's continue in the Gemara if you were potted it would be okay uh, okay so let's continue in the Gemara okay um, now Rav Yosef Ma'arev Bizarni Vizara Rav Yosef would mix seeds and plant them so that sounds like and, and Rashi says the, Rashi says the low Bikerem so Rashi sees living in Chutzaretz so not in a vineyard so the question is if you planted, like Michael said, in a vineyard, ironically, paradoxically, that would take him out, uh, that would be in the Kilai Karim category, and it would not be high because he didn't plant the grape seed at the same time. But if you're planting two seeds out of a vineyard in a field, then that should be enough to at least be Kilai 
Yerushalayim. So let's take a look. Okay, and don't tell me any Reb Yoshai here because it's not a vineyard and you're planting two seeds at the same time. No, Kilai Zerayim doesn't apply in Chutzaret. Only Kilai Kerem applies in Chutzaret. Okay? So the Gemara says, Kilai Kerem dibe Eretz Asurim Bahanah B'Chutzaret Sami Gazur Barbanan. Kilai Kerem, which is very weighty, that in Israel, not only are you not allowed to do it, but the produce is forbidden and forbidden in Hanah, that we applied in Chutzaret. Okay? Kilai Zerayim dibe Eretz Lo Asri Bahanah. Kilai Zerayim, which is never Asur Bahanah, even in Eretz Yisrael, the rabbis weren't gozer. So all this teaching we've been saying that kilayim is asr and chutzaret, he would say is limited to kilay hakerem. So listen to how much we've narrowed it. By the way, remember the Mishnah talked about buying vegetables outside of a vineyard. Mm-hmm. You remember the Mishnah about the kilayim specifically discussed a vineyard. Okay, so anyway, so he is saying the only thing asr in chutzaret is food is planting you know two seeds together with a grape seed you can plant two seeds in a vineyard you can plant two seeds elsewhere the only thing also is the Reb Yoshaya version of Kilai HaKaram planting those three types of seeds together that's the only thing also in Chutzar everything else you're totally fine and, and, okay. and, and, and Kilzrayim in Chutzar that's what we just said would not apply the only thing up there is Kilai HaKerem at, at the same time you can even plant two seeds in a vineyard and then add exactly but then Rav Yosef backs off no no what I said isn't true Rav planted a, a garden for the, in, for the owned by like the yeshiva okay apparently there was a garden that they would have to provide for the food for the yeshiva bachrim okay Mishari Mishari and he'd do different rows each row in the garden would be a different vegetable so and he would not mix them up my time, isn't it because he didn't want to mix them up because of Kilaim? So you see, Kilaim's rum applies in Chutzaret. No, not necessarily. Had he planted it in a way which would have demonstrated that he was wanted them near, but he was like, because there's a way you can plant, like you plant like four rows like this. There's a whole chapter. Yeah, I know. And then you plant one thing. If he had done something like that, which clearly was manipulating it in a way to avoid Kilayim problems. It would have shown us that he holds of Kilay Zeroim and Chutzaret. Okay? Uh, but the... Um, Elahacha Mishum Noi. Maybe he just did, you know, just for aesthetics. You don't want to mix the stuff up. You have one row of uh, broccoli and one row of cauliflower and whatever. Or just because of the effort of the uh, attendant. He says, you know, we need some uh, uh, tomatoes for today's salad. So they're all the tomatoes are in the same place. Of course you want your garden organized. Who says that it's for a halachic reason? So by the end of the day, we said, anyway, in terms of by eating the produce, you can basically turn a blind eye and create coat, different levels maybe. And in terms of actually doing it, okay, that uh, by that uh, Tosas at least Paskins, by he thinks the conclusion of the Gemara is that Kilai Zerim does not apply at all in Chutzaret, only Kilai Akerim, and, and, and only in the Reb Yoshaya version. So he's extremely limited, like the scope, right, of all of this. Um, okay, so anyway, so let me just actually just one second because all Babylonians, no, all that. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think, for example, I don't think Reb Yochanan would have been happy about any of this. Okay, um, so anyway. Um, one minute. Yeah, I'll have a big impact. Just one second. Didn't have broccoli. 
Now, in terms of the, what do you call it, in terms of the question about, um, about what is Usr, because I, the, um, you know, the Gemara here uses the phrase that, that Kilai Zroim, Kilai Karim is Usr Behana, and Kilai Zroim is not Usr Behana. But, actually, in the Torah, it never says that Kilai, Kilai Zroim is Usr at all. Um, it only says, Kentikdash Hamliyah by Kilai HaKarim. You mean to eat, to have. Um, yeah. Rambam, for example, right, in the Rambam in Macholos Asuras, he only mentions Kilaya Karim. Kilaya Karim, the Rambam says, hold on, in Perkid in Macholos Asuras, he says, um, here. Here, Vyesh Asur Machem Shal Torah, Bezer Haaretz. So the Gemara is actually a little bit misleading because the Gemara says that Kilai Zoraim is not Asher Behana. But Kilai Zoraim is not actually Asher at all. And this is a really important question because, you know, Dove there was asking about, like, how do we eat, uh, you know, what are they, nectarines and tangelos and all these types of things. So a really important point to make is, besides, well, you could say, well, in the end, we pass in Kilai Zoraim doesn't apply in Chutzaret. So in Eretz Yisrael, you can't eat, you know, you can't eat tangerines, right? So the I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe they don't grow in Eretz Yisrael, maybe they're imported. But the basic point is, is that Kilai Zerayim is only, is only usher to do, not usher to eat. The only thing that's usher to eat, whether in Eretz Yisrael or in Chutzlar, you know, even in Eretz Yisrael, is Kilai Akem, which is why the Mishnah, that talked about buying vegetables, and the case of Suffolk, talked about buying vegetables near a vineyard. So, to summarize, let's pull this all together, okay? Arla is usher, well, not to plant a tree, but the food is usher behana, okay? Kilai Akerem is in Eretz Yisrael is Usr is Usr Behana and Usr to do Kilai Zraim in Eretz Yisrael is Usr to do but you can actually eat the produce which means that any type of hybrid food that does not involve a vine any type of hybrid food that does not involve a vine is totally mutter to eat outside of Eretz Yisrael okay it's Doraisa Usr to crossbreed animals it's Doraisa Usr to graft a tree okay that does not make the fruit Usr it's Doraisa Usr to do okay it's Dorabanan Usr to to um, to uh, do kilai hakerem, according to this gemara, though maybe only of all three seeds at once. Okay, and according to the way Tozos understands, it is not usher to plant kilai zrayim. And there is, and the and the only thing that would be usher to eat from all of those, it's not usher to use the produce of kilai behema. You can use a mule. It's not usher to use the produce of harkavas ha'ilan. You can go ahead and eat nectarines. Okay, the only thing that is usher that is usher in terms of the Produce, whether in Eretz Yisrael or in Chutzlaret, is Kilai Hakerem. Okay? And the only thing that, the only Isurim, that's in terms of the produce, and the only Isurim to do in Chutzlaret are crossbreeding animals, crossbreeding trees, that's a Deraisa, and Kilai Hakerem, and Waitosis concludes Kilai Hakerem if you do all three seeds at once. I, I yes. What would be great? A chart. A chart, yes. I find it shocking that you have an Isur Deraisa, like Harkavata Ilan. Yes. And there was no Gezeira Atu Harkava an, an Isur of the Achila. Right. I find that like shocking. There's I, things you can't do without there being a consequence. Well, the, according to some Rishonim, that's why the Torah forbids Basar, to eat Basar B'chala, because it's the, there has to be a consequence to the Isur of you having cooked them together. You know? But, um, but for example, by Shabbos, there's a debate, there is an opinion 
in the Gemara that Masa Shabbos is Asher Doraisa, but we basically Paskin it's Durabanan. You can violate Shabbos and the, the, uh, the wages of sin are not Asher in the Torah, are not Asher Min HaTorah. But here I think what bothers you is not just that it's a produce of sin, but that conceptually the problem of Kilayim is the having brought these things together. So conceptually the mixture of the two is problematic, mm-hmm. right? It's, I think, I think you intuitively feel that more than like the produce of Chilul Shabbos. I understand that. Okay. Yes. So when we say it's actually also just the Kilayim would be like uh, literally plant them, but if I'm genetically engineering it, yeah. is that no. thing? Or is that no. completely different? So it'd be much more even for me to do that. Uh, yeah, like in Eretz I mean, to what? To create a seed anyway. that has... Yeah, I, I, presumably, yeah. yeah. My mission in the studio is that community authorities actually go into people's fields and destroy Right, correct. Okay, let's move on to the next mission. This actually is a nice little agotic break. Um, and, um, you know, and whatever. Let's take a look. Anybody does just one mitzvah, good is done to you, and you have long life, and you inherit the land, which presumably means, I don't know, Elam Haba, although again, we were just talking in the context of Eretz Yisrael and Chutz So, no, I'm serious, no Chalas Arts is clearly picking up on that theme, but whether it's meant metaphorically, literally, or just, you know, literarily to pick up on that theme. Okay. I know, but we're saying kol mitzvah, kol haosem mitzvah. It's all like kol, right? You know, you know, kol mitzvah saav haben, kol mitzvah saben alav. You know, kol mitzvah saseh shazman grama, kol mitzvah saseh sheein shazman grama, kol mitzvah satluyes baaret. And now it's kol haosem mitzvah. So we're talking until now about categorizing mitzvot, right? Mitzvot men, mitzvot of women, eretz yisrael chutzarts. And now we're talking about anybody. What the, what the power of performing a mitzvah is even one. Mitzvah, the power of performing, but we're using the same literary structure of kol and mitzvah, and we're also picking up on the theme of aretz, even though here presumably aretz means olam haba. Okay, the kol mitzvah and if you don't do one mitzvah, obviously people will realize that there's a little bit of a problem here because people can do one mitzvah and not do another mitzvah, and then what do you get? You get harachas yamim, but you don't get harachas yamim. Yeah. So anyway, let's take a look at the Gemara. Raminu, the Gemara says this seems to say that any mitzvah you will reap the rewards in this world right that's the, that's the point of Matilo but I'll ask you on this look they took this right out of the sitter no it's from the <laughs> first Mishampeya okay so here are the mitzvahs that you reap the rewards in this world in this world now I just want to pause for a moment yeah, so apparently there's a question about that Kirsa. Okay, now, uh, by the way, also, Achnasat Orchim is not in the Mishnah, um, and if the side oh, points yeah, out. Right, anyway, so there's questions of the Girsa, but I want to point out something here. It is very possible to read this Mishnah of... Um, of um, to mean not that God will reward you but that the very reality of these mitzvot you will experience the benefits of them in this world right in a very pragmatic way right I mean if you think about it if you honor your parents there is some real you know not necessarily that will mean your parents will be nicer to you I don't know what it will do to the quality of your life to your relationship with your, your kids, parents, will, see your kids will see it and they'll honor you and especially when you get to write these other things you do kindness to other people you know a, it, it could be reciprocated, and B, also just what that does for you. I mean, I, there was such, I just recently saw a TED talk that it was, they did this study, and they, they show that when you do, like, like your degree of happiness, they gave everybody, like, they, they did this study, they gave people $20 or $40 a week, 
they said, you have to spend it. And on one group they said, you have to spend it on yourself. And to another group they said, that you have to spend it on, to, 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 for somebody else. And then they did ways of testing their, I don't know, their ha- happiness and satisfaction. Course and all. Anyway, the people who spent it on other people were like, had a much greater degree of happiness and satisfaction than the people who spent it on themselves. So anyway, so there's real ways in which you can see that this is like, not just God will reward you. These are the types of mitzvot that you can see the concrete benefits of them in this world. Anyway, but the Gemara is reading it as, it sounds like other mitzvot, you shouldn't expect, expect any reward in this world. So the Gemara says, Amara, I'm sorry, how do you reconcile this? Amara of Yudah, Hachikama, here's how you read it. Kolo no, no, no. It doesn't mean you get the reward for this mitzvah. It means if you basically are 50-50, your merits and your demerits, and this mitzvah is added on to the scale, okay, and it's, then you've tipped the scale into your, into your, in your favor, then, in that case, uh, then you, you, they do good to you, and it's like you fulfilled the entire Torah, because now you're on the side of the positive. By the way, that helps explain, yeah, exactly, the whole thing about 50-50, and the Rambam and Shuvah, the Gemara, anyway, completely reframes the issue, but by the way, it helps explain the Mishnah, that the Mishnah is in a contradiction, because now we're talking about somebody that's 50-50. So if you do one thing to tip scales in your favor, or if you don't do one thing, or you, then it tips the scales in your detriment. So it exactly contains the universe of, you know, two possible options. Okay. So the Gemara says, Do you mean to tell me that these things that are in the mission pay a, even one alone, even if you're basically a Russia? Because you're saying that now, what's the difference otherwise between those things in pay and our Mishnah? Our Mishnah is 50-50, this makes you a tzaddik. So what's the extra power of the things in Peya. That even if you're a Russia, you get the type of reward? Maybe so the Gemara says... For the mitzvah you do, for that mitzvah, you also get I, the other could be. Amar of No, no, no. Here's the difference. If you have 50-50 and one of these mitzvahs in Peya is in your... is, is amongst your 50% of good deeds, then it's like you have 51%. Then you, It's a little weightier. You don't need an extra thing to tip the scale. If that's not in your good deeds, then that's our mission that you need one more mitzvah to tip the scales. Again, it's really completely reframing the issues to the case in which it's like... It, it, but also to the way in which it's so, I don't know, you know, technical and, uh, you know, and, and accounting and it doesn't, it applies only in rare cases. It's like, it's not nearly as satisfying as reading. Right, the power of what, what mitzvah means. So if you have, it's in your 50% and you have one of the things in paya, then you're in the positive side. If you don't have one of the things in paya, but you do one more, then mitzvah low. Fine. All right, that was not so satisfying. For Amini, I'll ask you on this. Now we have a more bigger um, sort of theological question. Because we have a teaching that says the exact opposite of what you would have expected. That if you actually are somebody that's a Benoni, but you're a little bit on the plus side, so what God wants, okay, fine, you're not a Tzadigamur, okay, fine, you're a little on the plus side, but you got a lot of Averis, 
God wants to help you clean your slate for Olam Haba. So you're going to suffer a lot in this world. This is obviously the classic way in which the rabbis dealt with Tzadik Vitovlo. God is going to make you... Rallo. Sorry. God is going to make... I meant the problem of Tzadik. Anyway, God is going to make you suffer in this world to clean your slate for the world to come. Okay? Culture is a but you got a vonos. Marilo. It's done... It, it, you, you suffer. It's like you burnt the Torah. You'll have such... Such suffering that it'll seem like you've done the most, un, like, like the most, you know, unimaginable sin. It'll look like what you would expect from somebody who did not do even one mitzvah. Okay, so that's a way of explaining why a good person suffers. Yes, that's what it's going to look like. Like somebody had not do any mitzvahs, but ultimately it's to clean their slate. Okay, the koshav But if you have more sins than benefits, it'll look like you. This person will have so much, you know, fortune, good fortune, it'll look like he's the biggest tzaddik. And you say, how could it be? He's a Russia. That's what it's going to look like for the Russia. In order that he should get paid up in this world and suffer in the world to come. So that's a nice way of proactively addressing the tzaddik viralo problem. But it goes against our Mishnah. Because our Mishnah says, if you do mitzvahs, you get rewarded. So how do you deal with that? Okay? So Amar Baye Masnisin to Avdilei Yom Tov Yom Beach. So Abaye says, here's the answer. And the way, Rashi has one way to read it, but I'm going to read it Tosu's way. It's a much nicer way. He says, Abaye says, look, basically, if you're a tzaddik, you'll have it good in this world. But some days, it'll look like you're the biggest, like you will suffer as much as the biggest Russia. There will be some days of suffering. And if you're a Russia, you'll have it bad in this world. But there will be some days that you'll have a good day and you'll have a lot of fortune. So read this mission of saying all this, all this you know, negative stuff stuff for the tzaddik and all of this positive stuff for the Russia that's not your overall life those are individual days will look like that okay on but the oh, on the balance if you're a tzaddik you'll have it good and if you're a Russia you'll have it bad it would be nice if things work that way Ram Amar Hamani, Hamani, Rabbi Yaakov. No, no, no. The, the Brita that teaches that, you know, it'll be the opposite of your merits, that you don't get rewarded in this world, it doesn't reflect your deeds in this world, that's Rabbi Yaakov. Because Rabbi Yaakov says that all of the reward is for the world to come, and it's not reflected in this world. The Amar, Schar Mitzvah Amaleka. That's such a nice little punchy phrase. I mean, this is high, big theology here. Yeah. Don't expect any reward in this world. Mm-hmm. The reward for the mitzvahs is all going to be in the world to come. So our Mishnah holds, you do get reward in this world and Rabbi Yaakov holds no this world the tzaddikim will suffer all the reward will be in the world to come yeah it'll be like the person with that's Rabbi Yaakov he says any reward you get will be in the world to come this world expect, you can easily expect suffering and you don't have any mitzvah in the Torah where it says you'll be rewarded where what it's really referring to is not this world don't expect it in this world. Okay. It seems like it'll be great for you in this world. But now here's the problem. Imagine somebody said to his son, go up to that castle, to that tower, the Havili goes alone and bring me down the chicks. The other he went there, he sent away the mother bird, and he took the chicks, and then 
his way back, Nafalumate. Let's say he had a tragedy. He says, come on. You know, you go out and you look at the world and things don't work the way they're supposed to work in the Torah. Okay, somebody did the two mitzvot that's supposed to be harachas yamim and he died at a tragic young age. Heichan tovat yamam shelzeh. Where is this person's good days? Heichan harichas yamam shelzeh. So how do you deal with tzadik miralo? How do you deal with the fact that the Torah makes promises and it doesn't seem to come true? So this is like asking the biggest theological question. Ella, the answer is, it all has to be in olam haba. To be good, in the world that's all good. Okay, so he puts all of the reward in the world to come. He is the one that the Brighter teaches that Sadiq will suffer. Our mission teaches, no, you will be rewarded in this so world. You could. You could. You could. But no, it doesn't sound like that. Mativan Lo sounds like here. Anyway, let's just read one more line. The Gemara says, First of all, the Diyamalav Hachihave. Maybe, why could he, how could you bring a proof from an imagined scenario? Maybe that never happened. Maybe everybody who listened to their father really, really. Theoretical case, (laughs) Right. But no, but you can't use it to challenge a Pasuk. Maybe it always happened that people who honored their parents lived long days. So the Gemara says, no. Rabbi Yaakov, my Sechaza. Rabbi Yaakov, he saw it. He saw that event. And therefore, he says, that needs explanation. But, okay, maybe the kid, when he was going up on the, uh, in the tower, was planning on doing a sin. And that's why he died. So he must say, no. God would not count a, a thought of sin against a person. So that couldn't have been the case. That's not an explanation. The was planning on doing Then they'll be seized for this, even the thoughts of their heart. No, you know what? That's part of his point. If a person really would get reward for a mitzvah in this world, then, then the mitzvah should have protected him to have not have had the Avodah thought. Okay, which is basically saying, like, give me a break. The, you know, the, 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 the real world clearly contradicts the promises in the Torah, and we have to go ahead and find another way of explaining what those promises are about. Okay, so we'll pick up with this 